It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. The Giants just absolutely don't look up to the task right now. They go on this road trip, a couple of below 500 teams, a Twins team that had lost six straight and was struggling in their own right over the last couple months. Giants go two and six on that trip. They get swept by the Twins, outscored 20 to five. And so the Giants needed to get red hot and instead they remain ice cold. We'll talk about it next. You are locked on Giants. Your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, we're just going to break down what was a disastrous series in Minnesota and also just the state of the race, if you can even call it that anymore. Technically, Giants are not eliminated yet, and there is the slightest reason for some hope. They just have a chance because they're playing the Padres, basically, and some other teams that are ahead of them. I would not expect things to go all that well, but... Let's just say you sweep the Padres who are coming into town starting tonight. Then all of a sudden you move from seven and a half games back to four and a half back. So really, if you sweep this series, you're right back in the conversation. But I really do think that they need to sweep this series. They are set up pretty well to do so in that they have Carlos Rodon going tonight, Logan Webb tomorrow. The finale of the series will be tougher in theory, but you've got to win these first two. I, I really feel like they must sweep. Otherwise, it's over. But again, it's never over until it's really over. So I'll probably come back saying it's not quite over yet because they play the Padres a couple more times and they play the Brewers who are ahead of them. They play the Phillies right after the Padres who are ahead of them. So they'll have their chances. And until that elimination number is done and gets to zero, then they're technically still in it. But what Fangraphs has to say about the Giants' playoff odds is that it's less than 1%. Fangraphs has them currently coming into Monday at 0.8% 
odds of making the postseason. And that sounds about right. And that's basically what I'm saying. So there's 36 games left. And really, if the Giants were to somehow pull off the miracle of all miracles and go like 30 and 6, that still would only get them to 91 wins, which might be around what it will take to make the playoffs. So that's the kind of run that they would have to go on. I'm pretty sure the realistic listeners out there are just like, why are you even talking about playoffs? This is just not going to happen. And I'm with you. It's just while they're alive, I just kind of feel like, why not just hope, right? Because 1% odds means every one out of 100 times, it's going to happen. And so, hey, let's, you might as well have hope in your life is kind of how I feel about it. But on the season, after this whooping in Minnesota, the Giants' run differential is now down to negative two. So it's kind of catching up with them. But they are continuing to underperform that. When you have a run differential around zero like that, normally you would expect a 500 record, but the Giants are four games under 500. So if they had just won two more games, they would be 63 and 63, but they're in fact, they're 61 and 65. And what a big disappointment 61 and 65 is coming off the season they had last year, 107 wins. And then the point I made on Twitter the other day was that this season is all the more disappointing, not only because of how well they performed in 2021, but also because they had near total, maybe not total, but they had a lot of newfound roster and financial flexibility in the offseason. I think there's a common misperception about what financial flexibility means and like what I mean when I say financial flexibility. It doesn't simply mean uh, the ability to sign big name players if they want to. It's kind of that's a consequence of it or a, a a symptom of having financial flexibility is that you can do those things. But also what it means is that you can like pivot away from guys. You don't, you're not stuck committed to players who are say older and not performing well, which was the case when Farhan Zaidi took over and we looked at Longoria and Belt and Crawford and even Posey. They did not have financial flexibility Depends on what your ownership group is willing to spend on payroll. But let's just say it was around $200 million. They had so much money already tied up to these guys. Samarja, Cueto as well. I didn't even mention them. That they didn't really have the ability to pivot away from these guys and bring in new faces that maybe could help the team be better. And so they finally had this. And what did they do? They ended up bringing back... So many of the guys who, when Zaidi took over, I think a lot of fans were, and myself included, thinking that for the Giants to turn this organization around and get good again, it was going to have to be pivoting away from these older players who were not living up to their contracts. But you had the new staff come in and they were able to make guys improve. And so we saw improvements even in 2020, not just 2021, but the short season as well. We saw real improvements from the likes of uh, Belt and Crawford. I don't know so much about Longoria, but they end up bringing back Crawford on that two-year extension. They give Brandon Belt the qualifying offer and he returns. Buster Posey obviously retires. Evan Longoria couldn't, uh, wasn't yet eligible. His contract wasn't yet up and it's up at the end of this year, but there's a club option. And so anyway, they just, they could have pivoted. They could have not given Crawford that extension. They could have decided to make a hard push for Freddie Freeman instead of bringing back Brandon Belt. But I actually think that in the context of how just how great Crawford was last year, it was a mid-season extension, and 
the the improvements he made looked real. And then also Brandon Belt was just an offensive monster the last couple of years when he was on the field, and it looked real as well. And so I think that those moves made sense, especially given the short-term nature. It's not like you're committing five years to these guys. When you can get potentially really good performance on a one- and two-year deal, I think that that's something you want to do. But at the same time, they could have done otherwise. And so in hindsight, in particular, it's easy to criticize and say they messed up in the last, you know, in the middle of last year with the Crawford extension. And then it's hard to say they messed up because I really was a believer in Brandon Belt, but just age and injuries kind of caught up to them. And so they're going to have to change things. And I think when we look to this offseason, I would hope and I would expect that it's going to pivot and they're not going to bring back Belt and pick up Evan Longoria's club option. I keep saying that there's a real chance on both of those, and there really is. But at the same time, clearly, this team is not good enough. And they've got a good pitching staff. The bullpen needs work, but I don't think they're going to invest huge money in the bullpen. But the position player side, for a long time this season, they were scoring quite a few runs, and they were solidly above average by weighted runs created plus an all-encompassing offensive metric. But these days, lately... The offense just looks helpless. And also, when we talk about position players, it's not just the offense, it's the defense as well. So even when they were hitting, they were so bad defensively that, I mean, like Peterson is a good example. Overall on the season, above average offensive numbers, but he just doesn't add that much value to this team, given that it's a platoon. It's a, you know, he doesn't hit lefties well, and he's not a good defender, not a good runner. So even if he can be an above average hitter, there's just not a ton of value there, it seems. So coming up in just a minute, we're going to look ahead and talk about what to look for for the rest of the season. If it's, you know, if they don't pull off the miraculous odds and and make the playoffs somehow, which is obviously very unlikely. But what are we watching for for the rest of the year? And then what are we thinking is going to happen with some key decisions in the offseason? So all of that in just a minute. But first... Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals. 
and free dessert for life, homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right. As promised, we are going to talk a little bit about the future now that we're at this position. And this is going to really peeve some people, I think. But Farhan Zaidi was talking somewhere to somebody. I Sometimes I should probably write down my sources here. But I know that he said, apologies to those who got this quote, but that uh, in terms of like September call-ups and who we might see, because a lot of people are always asking me like what minor leaguers should get called up. And a lot of people have been asking about Isan Diaz all season long since the Giants picked him up. And like, why haven't they given him a look? Why are they playing La Stella over Isan Diaz, et cetera, et cetera. So what's going to peeve some people is that Zaidi said that they wanted to give Isan Diaz a look, like starting now, basically, especially he said when Brandon Belt went down back on the IL with this knee issue, that Isan Diaz was a candidate to get called up to take that spot. But unfortunately, Isan Diaz pulled or strained or teared an oblique and he's going to be out for the season. So I'm kind of with you. Like they probably should have given him a shot sooner this season. It's like they're clinging to this thought that like, oh, these veteran players are going to take them over the hump and get them to the promised land. But it just was pretty apparent that that wasn't going to happen after a couple months. That's the thing, you know, like we always say, you need some significant number of games before you can start drawing real conclusions about this team. But once we were at that point in I don't know, May slash early June, it was pretty apparent that this group just had some serious flaws and it probably would have, in hindsight, been a good decision to try out some younger players and just see if you could get something, maybe call up David VR a little bit sooner. I don't know. But the commitment to the like mid-30s veteran player and just hoping that that group, like when I look at this team, I just don't see a team that, is very good. And I'd rather see some young players who have some energy. Like that's part of it is that they're just not that fun, given that you're watching these older guys like struggle through the grind of a season and struggle through trying to run the bases, (laughs) you know, like Evan Longoria, he hurt his hamstring again, the same hamstring that just recently put him on the injured list, simply like running the bases. And I don't mean to kick a guy while he's down but like this is just clearly it's not a fluke they're just older players I mean anybody can pull a hamstring I pulled my hamstring all the time playing baseball and softball but you know I I was kind of injury prone I don't know why but uh so it's not necessarily an age thing but with Longoria and his hamstrings and with belt and his knees and Crawford has been more prone to the injured list this year. He was remarkably healthy for almost all of his career, but it seemingly has caught up with him a little bit. That's just what happens kind of when you get older. And so it's just hard to watch. And when you talk about some of these younger guys, you look around the league and you see some other teams. And a lot of times the the spark and the fire, it comes from the younger players. And on the one hand, I'm saying all this. On the other hand, you, you got to have guys who produce if you're young and you come up and you're just not getting it done at all and you're severely struggling that's not fun for the player it's not fun for the team and it's just no good but so that's kind of the other issue is that they just haven't been able to get 
guys in the upper minors who are ready to get called up and can make an immediate impact, like Elliot Ramos. Super disappointing season for him in AAA. And that's what Zaidi was saying. They want to reward the guys who have been performing at the upper minors, meaning AAA. And those guys were Isan Diaz and David Villar. So we probably will see David Villar again soon. Rosters do expand by two spots on September 1st. So we're very close to that. And it'll be interesting to see who they bring up. But at the same time, it's a it's a problem that David Villar and Isan Diaz are like the only guys who kind of make sense right now from a position player perspective. And then Isan Diaz blows out his oblique and can't even play. So yeah, as I said, Longoria is dealing with a hamstring issue. Not going to play today. Jack Peterson dealing with a groin issue. We'll see if he's available. Mike Yastrzemski dealing with a calf issue. Luis Gonzalez was sick. And so the, the Giants are just very banged up. I think if we do see new players, we're going to see some arms and we've already started to see it. Scott Alexander uh, made his Giants debut yesterday against the Twins. And he's a guy I'm very intrigued by. Former major leaguer with the Royals and the Dodgers, just extreme ground ball pitcher from the left side. They need, they clearly need some uh, better left-handed pitching out of the bullpen. Their whole bullpen has been a disaster. And Alex Young has kind of been pretty good since the Giants picked him up. He did give up some runs against the Twins in the finale. Thomas Zapucky is a guy they like and targeted in the Darren Ruff trade, but he hasn't produced for the Giants, so he was optioned uh, at some point over the weekend, I believe, either either over the weekend or just before. And the name that I am focused on is Ken Giles, because Ken Giles is not that far removed from being one of the top closers in baseball. In 2019, he was that good and and prior. He was a very good reliever for a, quite a while with the Astros and then with the Blue Jays. But then he had an injury and was rehabbing, was with the Mariners. They DFA'd him and the Giants picked him up. So given the Giants position, they can afford to kind of try out guys like this. I would love to see Ken Giles and just, I mean, it can't be worse than some of the worst arms they have going on in their pen right now. So those are the types of things that I'm looking for. And looking forward to, I think, in the bullpen, if you can get Alexander and Giles kind of established as mid to late inning guys, uh, I do believe both are going to reach free agency at the end of the year. So it is a different situation than, oh, you pick these guys up and you can bring them back. You could re-sign them, but there's not the club control that you sometimes see when when the Giants pick these guys up off the scrap heap. But these are these are worthwhile arms to take a gamble on, in my opinion, have had major league success and very real major league success. And so I want to see them. But after the season, I mentioned those two would reach free agency. There's a lot of questions the Giants are going to have going into the offseason. And it's going to start with non-tender candidates or just they're going to have to add guys to the 40 man to protect them from the rule five. And then there's a lot of players on the major league roster, Yastrzemski, Wade, etc., we're going to get into in just a minute which of those guys maybe won't be back and why. And the the obvious answer is that they just haven't produced. And so we're going to let you know who might not be back and why. But first, 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, as promised, we're going to take a look at kind of previewing the the initial decisions the Giants are going to have to make going into the offseason. I mentioned I think it's a big, big offseason for this team. They, I think that they need to change the way that they operate. And I said on Twitter, and it got some reactions, I think people thought I meant it in a different way. But when I say, I said changes are needed. And I didn't mean like they need to fire Farhan Zaidi and Gabe Kapler and start over with a new group there. I more so meant they need to change the way they operate. They need to maybe make some more aggressive signings in the offseason instead of just simply these kind of one-year platoon player signings. I think there's some talent out there. There's Aaron Judge. There's Brandon Nimmo. There's Trey Turner. There's plenty of guys who you could go after, and Judge in particular is obviously someone who's very attractive for obvious reasons, but it could also start with just kind of shaking up the position player mix that is eligible for arbitration or is pre-arbitration eligible because these are the guys who can get non-tendered. So when I look at who are the guys who are kind of arbitration or pre-arbitration eligible who could be on the bubble, I look at a guy like Mike Yastrzemski, for example, and I it's less obvious now than it has ever been that he is just a guy to bring back no matter what. So on the season, Mike Yastrzemski has a 94 weighted runs created plus. He has put together two or 1.5 fan graphs wins above replacement this season because he's provided value. He actually is one of the few guys who can run a little bit on the Giants, and he's a pretty good defender out there. He's also continued to be at least somewhat of a threat against right-handed pitching, but he has been in a deep slump and it's not particularly like slam dunk. It's not a guarantee that they will tender him a contract for 2023, even though he comes with three years of club control remaining through the arbitration process. So he make, he make, he's making $3.7 million this year, which means he'll be in line for a raise as arbitration goes to, I don't know, around $5 million for 2023. So is Mike Yastrzemski on a one-year deal for $5 million a player they're going to want to bring back? And it's not so much about the money for me as it is about basically if you're paying him $5 million, you're committing a spot to him. And do you want to commit that spot? Or do you like if you go out and you plan on trying to sign a guy like Aaron Judge and Brandon Nimmo, for example, that, that only leaves you one outfield spot to play with. And in that one outfield spot... Is it Mike Yastrzemski you want to give that playing time to? It may be. Like if you have an everyday guy in Judge and an everyday guy in Nimmo, and then your third outfield spot is like a Austin Slater, Mike Yastrzemski platoon, that actually begins to look a lot better because Yastrzemski can kind of settle in in the bottom of the lineup. And both Slater and Yaz can provide defensive value and base running value. And there's less pressure on them to be like top and middle of the order 
producers for you. And this is what Zaidi was saying in this Tim Kawakami podcast from last week, that it's best to have two to five everyday players, and then you can kind of platoon through the rest of it and maximize that way. And I, I agree. So the question, they have a lot of these guys, though. They have Lamont Wade Jr. They have Luis Gonzalez. Gonzalez is going to be out of minor league options next year. So can you afford, and I don't mean financially, I mean like from a roster construction point of view, to bring back Slater, Yastrzemski, Wade, Luis Gonzalez, Jock Peterson is a free agent, but that's four outfielders right there. So, and three of whom are left-handed. And I guess Wade has played some first base and it could be that Brandon Belt is gone and then they want Wade to be more of a platoon answer at first base. But Wade is actually first-year arbitration eligible next year. And this has just not been a good season for Lamont Wade Jr. He's hitting 170, 276 on base, 400 slugging. So the power has been there. When he's had his hits, he's hit for power. But hasn't provided much defensive value, just hasn't provided much value whatsoever. And so to me, there's a real question. Like, I don't, I would venture to guess that not all of Slater, Yastrzemski, Wade and Luis Gonzalez will be on the opening day roster next year. And maybe two of the four might not be on the opening day roster. I do think Tyro Estrada, he kind of fills a different role, right? He's right-handed. He plays the infield. He can play short in a pinch. He can play second. He's kind of been their everyday second baseman. Wilmer Flores is a free agent. They just have a lot of guys who are eligible to for the Giants to make a decision on as opposed to being locked in. So this is a good thing. They maintain this kind of roster flexibility and financial flexibility that I spoke of earlier that they had last offseason. They have it again this offseason. And so they just need to, I think, use it this time and kind of shake things up. Whereas last year was more about let's bring everybody back for good reason, right? In a way, because they won 107 games. But in hindsight, it was probably a mistake to just kind of have blinders on and say, let's just try to bring as many people back as possible. That's more of the old way of thinking that got Bobby Evans fired. And the difference is they didn't commit big long-term deals to these guys. They can pivot again this year. And I think that the time has come that pivoting is probably what they should do. So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen today. Now make your second listen the Locked on MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast Locked on MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a ton. So thank you in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Must win game, in my opinion, for the Giants. Carlos Rodon on the mound against right-handed pitcher Mike Clevenger. Funky wind-up long hair. The whole kind of scene with Mike Clevenger. But uh, Giants got to win today. They, they have to win tomorrow as well, in my opinion. So in a way, it's exciting. But... They must win. So anyway, see you tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.